Hey everyone and welcome to An Academic's Life. I am your host, Genesee Carter, and thanks for coming along this podcast journey with me. I wanted to give you a brief update about my basement flooding situation that I mentioned in last week's episode. We had the builders of the house come by because we live in a, a new house and it's still under warranty and they caught a few other things that needed to be fixed like rain gutters and they need to completely regrade the dirt under our deck which they're gonna have to take the entire deck apart but I'm very pleased to say that the water leak and the basement flooding was because the water line was punctured by the handyman last week and our basement is sealed properly so there's not water coming in through other ways and they are going to fix the wall it has to be re-drywalled and retextured they're also going to fix the molding along the floor that has become warped because of the water and they also just checked to see if there was moisture in any of the wood and everything is fine. So I feel so much better having professionals because I don't know if this handyman is a professional. Having the professional builders who know the house who offered to fix the situation for me and now I just need to (laughs) find someone who can still put up my beautiful shelves without puncturing the waterline again. I'm going to make some pencil marks on the wall up by the ceiling to mark where the waterline is so this doesn't happen again in the future. So yay. Also, it's never a dull moment around here. I'm actually recording this episode a couple days early because I'm getting my wisdom teeth I have three wisdom teeth currently because I had one removed in my doctoral program. I'm getting my wisdom teeth removed tomorrow and don't know when I will not be puffy and sore and look like a chipmunk. So I figured that I might as well record the episode early and, and get it ready so I don't have to worry about it. Okay, so... I want to talk this week about happiness at work. And I've been thinking a lot about just happiness studies and the neuroscience around happiness and motivation. And I've been very interested in maybe even creating a couple of courses based on the theme of happiness and happiness research or the psychology happiness I think would be such an engaging and interesting topic for students to explore at any course level. Um, And I came across, just in doing some research through the databases, I came across this book that I want to tell you about. It's by Annie McKee, PhD. 
and she has a PhD in organizational behavior at Case Western Reserve University. And she's currently a senior fellow at the University of Pennsylvania. And this book is titled How to Be Happy at Work. And she has three areas that she believes that we need to work on or make choices about or, I don't know, prioritize, I guess one would say, how to think about happiness or how to choose happiness. Um, she uses this word choice a lot. She believes that we, we do have agency and we can make choices about how we view work or how we interact with work. And this is how she defines happiness at work. So she writes in her book, I define happiness at work as a deep and abiding enjoyment of daily activities fueled by passion for a meaningful purpose, a hopeful view of the future, and true friendships. She then goes on to say, I stand firmly in the belief that happiness is possible for everyone. Moreover, happiness is a human right. And then she says, happiness is not simply about feeling good in the moment. That is hedonism. True happiness includes experiences and feelings like joy and excitement, pleasure, and a sense of overall well-being. But that's not all. Happiness is also linked with attitudes and behaviors like finding our calling, altruism, empathy, contributing, and giving back. I don't know if you can hear my cat, Alice, purring, but she's just decided she needs to sit in my lap, and she's very loud right now. So her book is organized into three sections. There's a section on finding meaningful purpose at work, a section on having a hopeful view of the future, and a section on true friendship. And I must be really cynical because... I was reading through these sections and thinking, yeah, okay, Genesee, you definitely have an attitude problem <laughs> because I, I don't know, I maybe I'm jaded, but I'm just thinking like, do we have to have a meaningful purpose at work? Do we need to have a hopeful view of the future? Do we need to have true friendships at work? I remember in one of my academic jobs, I won't tell you which one, I met with one of the HR managers and I asked them what advice they had for me in my new role. And they said to keep clear boundaries between work and home life and to not socialize at a friendship level with people in the department in the program. And they felt like that was really necessary in their leadership role, which I can understand as, a, as an HR person, maybe that's true. I'm not a human resources person, so I'm not an expert on it. But maybe this person felt like they could be more impartial or unbiased to have that separation and maybe it really just goes back to the roles i mean how does a supervisor or manager have true friendships with 
other employees that maybe they supervise or manage? Are those friendships even possible? Or do you have to have these lateral friendships? So all the new hires stay friends. If you're an assistant professor or PhD student or graduate student, you develop friendships within those categories. If you are a tenured professor, you maintain friendships in those categories. Or can you can you cross the ranking lines? So assistant and associate professors have friendships and graduate students, there's the power dynamics between graduate students and professors. So for me, I've never felt comfortable developing friendships with any of my graduate students. I still feel weird about developing um, friendships with graduate students even after they've graduated. But I do struggle with this idea of what should friendships look like? But I can completely understand what Annie here is saying about having friendships at work because when you want to see the people at work and when you want to talk to them and when you want to be on committees with them and when you want to be in meetings with them and you feel like you can be honest and you feel like you can trust them and you feel like you can be your personality, I mean, doesn't that make going to work enjoyable? I completely understand that. I don't know how that works. I mean, we can't be in control of of other people's behavior. We can only be in control of ourselves and our behavior. Um, And so how do you find those friendships? And maybe the boundary between friendship and personal and professional or that boundary between friendship and work or that work-life boundary is going to change from person to person. So for me, as more of an introvert who prefers to be more private about my life in a lot of different ways, I don't often feel like going and socializing because I don't want to share things about me. Why? Well, because I've learned that academic departments really like to gossip and I know people are probably going to talk about me and that can't be avoided and I would rather give them very few topics to talk about me regarding. So I just, I don't feel like personally sharing information. I also feel like in the workplace, I mean, our department currently is one of the largest, maybe the second, second to largest after math department, potentially. But the English department is a huge department on campus. There's over a hundred people. I mean, how do you navigate being friendships in such a large space. I don't know. I guess you find the people that you click with and you feel like you can talk to and be honest with and and maybe try to get on committees with. Um, I think it's a really good point. I think we do need to find friendships. And so maybe that friendship becomes people in other departments. You know, maybe you feel safer about being interdisciplinary or or connecting with people in a different department or a different program 
and you look for friendships there. Or maybe you're the type of person who is very happy with the work that you're doing and currently you don't feel like you need any friendships and it, it's not a motivating factor for you because that's your personality or that's how you're built. The other thing that I think about is this hopeful view of the future, which she says we need for happiness at work. And I completely agree. And I don't know what that means for academia (laughs) and the job market and finances and organizational restructuring and all of that kind of fun stuff. Enrollment. Hopeful view of the future. I wonder, you know, this would be an interesting thought exercise or reflection exercise is in what ways might we cultivate a list of our hopeful view of the future, whether it's a program initiative or a course redesign? Because I think, at least for me, I often get bogged down in the big picture that's not feeling hopeful and I forget the little ways in which I can feel hopeful at work. For example, I've redesigned one of my syllabi to include more reading about curriculum development and rubric development. This is for the graduate pedagogy course I teach. And I'm excited about that because I'm a crazy nerd and I love talking about assignment creation and rubric creation. That's a hopeful view of the future for me because I'm excited to talk about those topics in my graduate class. And so I would just suggest maybe writing down some little or big ways that you're feeling hopeful. Because if we, if we get stuck thinking about the big picture of neoliberalism or the job market or state legislative funding of institutions or whatever the case may be, I think it's very easy to feel absolutely disappointed and dejected and not wanting to go to work. But is it too rose-colored of glasses-ish for us to look for the little things, the hopeful things, the things that we're excited to teach about or talk about or the little projects that we're excited to do. Maybe that's, maybe that's a necessary exercise for us. There is research around the benefit of gratitude journals and reflecting on how we're thankful. And yes, I am too cynical to say that I like doing those. I do not like doing graduate uh, gratitude journals or thankfulness journals. I just am not a fan, but that's simply because I'm contrary and I'm feeling a little negative. But the research says that gratitude journals are very important and they're very good for our brain and rewiring our brain And focusing on what we're thankful for is good for rewiring our brain and is good for feelings of happiness and connectedness and meeting goals and 
So I don't know. I think it might be a good exercise for us. The last thing that Annie McKee keep, talks about, my cat is ready to... She All she wants me to do is scratch her head and she's just booping into everything. My laptop, I just... Nowhere is safe because Alice needs cuddles apparently. Um, the other thing that Annie talks about in her book, How to Be Happy at Work, is she talks about a passion for a meaningful purpose. Which again, it's hard not to be freaking disenchanted with the state of academia. And so one of the exercises that I would give you, which I also need to do, is open up a journal or, I don't know, a piece of drawing paper or your laptop or whatever and write down what a meaningful purpose is for you, big and small, okay? Maybe you work in a department or a program or an institution that is not going to let you change the world in the way that you want to drastically change the world for 2022. So how might you also find meaningful purpose? Or maybe you have to teach a common curriculum with a particular textbook or maybe you're on a committee with the people that you don't like or you know whatever the case may be. What might feel meaningful and purposeful for you? Now, that could be hanging out with your friends on campus, going for coffee. I like to call them coffee dates. Go on coffee dates, even if they're platonic. I need to find a new phrase instead of coffee dates because what I really mean are coffee hangouts, coffee chats. Go out for coffee chats with colleagues, or graduate students. What is going to bring you meaningful purpose? Join the running team. Become a graduate student advisor, faculty advisor of a club in a space where you really wanna hang out. One of the things that I really miss about my administrative work is not hanging out with undergrads as much as I used to when I was teaching four sections a semester. And there's something really awesome, many things, really awesome about undergrads. They have like this vibrancy, this zest for life, this curiosity, this sarcasm, this, I don't know, like they have this joie de vivre, uh, this joy of life in a way that graduate students don't and professors don't in the same way. They also believe that they're invincible, which I find very inspiring in some ways because I have never felt like I was ever invincible and I would really love some of the invincibility to rub off on me in some way. So go hang out in a space in wherever the student organizations hang out or, you know, I mean, I think one of the key points that I want to say is like, don't turn this happiness into service. I mean, you can if you want, it's up to you. You can do whatever you want. What I don't want us to do is define what happiness is for us and then say, oh, I'm also going to turn that into a research project and a service opportunity and I'm doing more work and then I'm not happy anymore. 
So if you want to partner your service or your research work with developing a meaningful purpose, a hopeful view of the future, true friendships, you know what? I would love somebody to write several articles and edit a collection and a book about developing true friendships in academia. How about that? Do's and don'ts maybe? How to identify who a true friend is? Sticky situations? Like, I thought this person was my friend and they stabbed me in the back? I don't know. Maybe no one would read that, but I, I am very curious about what true friendships in academia would look like. And it might be interesting to read it from an interdisciplinary perspective of, are there similar or different trends about true friendships across like STEM versus the humanities or sciences, hard sciences versus social sciences? Maybe the different disciplines have different ideas of true friendship and act true friendship differently. It would also be very interesting to read an edited collection or a book series about what meaningful purpose and a hopeful view of the future looks like for different disciplines. So how do the business administrators feel about a hopeful view of the future in academia compared to hospitality management? Or what do the psychologists say about meaningful purpose compared to the historians and the work that they do. I wonder if there's crosstalk between those disciplines and how they would define happiness at work in academia specifically. So that might be some interesting ideas, but I would caution against us taking our efforts at developing happiness and tying it to service or initiatives or research projects unless you really 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 want to and that makes you happy if it makes you happy please go and do it but sometimes we feel like or at least the people i talk to feel like we have to get credit like work credit for everything that we do or we feel like we need to I'm trying to think of a different idiom here, but kill two birds with one stone. Feed two birds with one piece of bread, let's say. I just made that up. Um, We want to do too many things that count. And sometimes like, we just need to acknowledge that we are looking for happiness because that's good for us. And if we can't write about it in our activities report or professional materials, who cares? You know, not everything needs to be quantified and put on a CV. If that makes you happy, more power to you. I recommend this book, especially if you're looking for strategies and reflection activities. So Annie has a lot of great activities here about emotional intelligence or reflection or or creating definitions of our own. And I will just say from my own lived experiences of looking for happiness at work, it would be great if you write down someplace and reflect on when you're happy at work, when you're not happy at work, and 
how that relates to what you find meaningful and motivating, hopeful, and the relationships with the people around you. And it's really important. It's, it's taken me a really long time to accept this, so it's wonderful if you've come to terms with this um, way before me. But I often forget that definitions or expectations or desires around the workplace are allowed to change. For example, it is okay if something that I find meaningful one semester doesn't feel so meaningful the next semester, but then maybe comes around to feeling meaningful in a couple more semesters. You know, some semesters I want to talk about rubrics and curriculum. Other semesters I want to talk about student populations. Other semesters I want to talk about rhetorical theory. I'm not the same person. You might find that if you take a little notation of how you're feeling about friendships in the department, that you feel like you want to be everybody's friend. But then maybe the next term, you want to be more of an introvert and do your own thing. and You don't really care about friendships. And then maybe, you know, in another year, you want to approach friendships entirely different. So it is okay, it is absolutely okay, and it is absolutely necessary for us to check in with ourselves on a regular basis. And that doesn't mean you need to say every single day, uh, do, I wanna, do I wanna have friendships in my department? You don't have to wake up and say, okay, Genesee, how do I feel about friendships in the department today? But you could turn it into an exercise maybe during the summer, or at the beginning of the, of the term, or at the end of the term, or once a year, or it could even be a really great New Year's Day kind of ritual of how are you feeling about happiness at work? What is gonna be meaningful and hopeful for you? And, and do you have any goals around developing meaningful friendships? So I've left you with a lot of ideas. And you know, I feel a little little salty about friendships at work, but I'm also recognizing that I'm salty and jaded based on past experiences. That's not to say that I don't want friendships at work, so I'm constantly cultivating those kinds of relationships with people, but I definitely feel that internal struggle myself, and maybe some of you can relate. So let me close by saying, check out Annie McKee's book, how to be happy at work, even if you're just simply interested in the reflective exercises that she has, which I think are really great. They're very meaningful. And I hope you guys have a really nice week. I will update you on my wisdom teeth situation um, in my next episode. And go forth, be well, and have a really nice week. All right, bye.